When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. What? I think it was the second week in a row they went to this song. What Car- is wrong with you? Boy George, Karma Chameleon. He's so played out. I mean, like, what are we doing, oldies here? Well, yes, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed. What you I know, mean. but last time he was seen, he was sweeping the streets of the Upper West Side, Chelsea, and Chinatown because uh, the cops... Uh, visited his apartment. He made a 911 call. Remember, he had a friend inside. They were fighting, and there was cocaine all on the table. So I think he did five days of uh, community service, sweeping out there, and people are, like, lining up because, you know, he's almost baldish. Yes. So he doesn't have that floppy hat on like people normally have seen him in. Boy George, right. But they figured it out. Oh, my God, that's Boy George. So there was a queue and he actually took it very seriously. Excuse me. My father used to do this for a living right. in England, and he was sweeping. Should have been hired by the uh, sanitation department. It doesn't explain why we're playing it today, but, th- th- yes, I, I recall that story. Well, maybe because after all the confetti drops, although it's going to be really wet, it's the sanitation department that has to figure out a way to extricate it from the asphalt. Now, when it's dry, it's a little easier, but when it's wet like this, it sticks. Yeah, but this reminds me, like, God, we have these same stories every New Year's Eve. You yeah. got to hear the sanitation where it's got to clean it up and everything else. Um, yeah, I, knew, I don't know why anyone would watch anything on TV. I think you're going to be on the radio, right? Well, I'm expected. I, I'm always in Times Square with the Guardian Angels because of potential problems. Because they're all tourists. There's nobody there from New right. York City unless they're working. True. Uh, and they dedicate their life for a whole year from Mexico City to Montreal. You got to be there. Remember, they start lining up 6 o'clock. They got the cattle pens out now. Yeah. It's going to be raining. They got the depends on because once you're in the cattle uh, cattle uh, yes. area, you can't leave. And then people blowing horns in your face and in your ear for like seven hours waiting for the ball to drop. It's like miserable. Yeah, but it's going to be a little bit less miserable because they're all going to be high on legal cannabis now. Well, that's the question. Uh, you know, CNN has uh, gotten its niche on New Year's Eve because they put Andy Cohen and they put Anderson Cooper together and they let them get smashed. Correct. Because the country loves watching a couple of gay guys get drunk together on New Year's Eve. Except the black gay guy there who's in New Orleans, they won't let drink now. <laughs> That's right. So, you, you know, he'll be filing a class action suit. Well, well what's his name, the host there who just got John, moved to the Don morning? Don Lemon. Right, Don Lemon. Uh, but they've interviewed Snoop before. In Times Square, he was not blazing away, but they were asking him about all Snoop the Snoop Dogg. Right. Yeah, okay. I will bet you tonight he blazes away. 
I will bet you. Because first, it's legal now in the state of New York. Second, they'll claim that he bought it at the new dispensary. Because if he walks in there, he's the Pope of Greenwich Village. He, he's like the Pope Good call. of yeah. Ganj. And I would bet you he'll whip it out. That's, he's done that before. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an excellent call. I, 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 that is the kind of thing because you kind of get the sense that he would be doing it anyway. But, yeah. But I tell you, you don't have to be watching on TV. Although, if you want to do both, simulcast. I noticed this year, like last year, it was Cousin Brucey who did the countdown and brought us in. That's traditional. Right. But if you've noticed around here this year, nobody's around. You know, it's like right. every, everybody's opted out. It's such a ghost town they're letting me on the radio during the week. That's oh, how bad it you've is. You've done a great job. Thank you. Along with Dominic Carter, who's done double duty, Lydia yep. Serrano, double duty. So actually, folks uh, who uh, fill in, you guys, uh, if I were the people you filled in for, I'd be watching my back. No, this is, I, 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 I take careful notes. You know, I've watched how you operate, and you always say, you know, you don't want to be Wally Pipp by anybody. Nope. And so I, I'm, I'm not the Lou Gehrig. Don't get no doubt about it. But um, You know, and then there's Frank Morano, who would prefer to be at a fromage and wine testing uh, annual event he hosts in Atlantic City while shooting craps at the Borgata and losing cigars, his money. Cigars. He's got a nationally syndicated show now, The Other Side of it. I'd rather be there. Hey, those days are over, pal. <laughs> think you got to think priorities. You got a kid now, right? You no, got I, a mortgage. I, what they really should have done is a, is a Murano simulcast from Atlantic City. But uh... No, 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 no. We're doing the simulcast, and I have drafted my wife, Nancy. Now, she can drink, and boy, can she drink. I can't drink anymore because I have chronic Crohn's disease. Right. So we're going to do the countdown together, Nancy and I and all of our listeners, Five minutes before Tony Orlando, he he gets off five minutes before. We're going to do the countdown. We're going to do the celebration. And then we're going to reminisce. Because I, I go back to Guy Lombardo. That's mm-hmm. the first guy I saw on TV, not Dick Clark in the American Bandstand, which was a tradition. The Canadian, Guy Lombardo oh, and yeah. the Royal Canadian Band that was at the Waldorf Astoria. And, you know, for 27 years, they brought in the new year on radio when radio was king. Everybody listen to radio. They always listen to Guy Lombardo, the Canadian, bringing in the new year. You know what you can do? I heard you mention this this morning. You can keep on the screen people yelling and screaming and, like, getting drunk. But on the radio, yes. you can simulcast with, with, with you and your wife. I think that's a great plan. Yeah, and see, I'll be the sober one. I have no choice. Nancy will be <laughs> smashed. You'll hear her, you know, like an Andy Cohen. Like, uh, right. uh, and I got to tell you, when I have seen uh, the CNN broadcast. Because remember, last year, Andy Cohen went off on de Blasio, who was taking that last dance right. with Charlene, you know, as the ball was falling. He just eviscerated him, almost like uh, <laughs> Bloomberg was eviscerated on that uh, debate stage uh, when he was running for the Democratic right, nomination right. Uh, by, oh, man, she was brilliant when she did that Elizabeth twice. Warren, yeah. She, she, she was like no-kill Bill twice <laughs> with the samurai sword. <laughs> Didn't matter. He had billions of dollars. By the way, he spent what a billion, and he got Guam, right? That's right. He got Guam. Yeah. But I never saw a man so humiliated on a national uh, stage. And then you thought, oh, I'm going to prepare the second time. I'm going to be ready because uh, Bernie Sanders and the rest said, No, we'll leave it. We'll leave it to Elizabeth Warren. And that she came at him a second time. Yeah. But the thing about about Bloomberg on uh, on New Year's Eve. 
you could tell he was miserable. He doesn't. He's not good at having publicly no. good times. No. Like, he's not good like that. No, no. He always had a dour look on his yeah. face. You know, uh, very analytical. You know, like right. when can we get over with? He this? wasn't into that part of the job. Very do much, I have to? Sure. Do I have to be with the real people, the working class? No. People? That you know what it was with him. Anything that looked like he was acting like a politician frustrated him. Like, oh, I'm not a politician. But oh, he, yes, he, he was. Well, totally was. But I'm just saying, whenever he had to perform like that, like that's an ultimate politician now, thing to do to let the let ball drop. Let me ask you a question. We hammered Trump about him making money when he was president, right? We see now the tax return. Oh, my right. God. You know. Bloomberg tripled his money. I think he came in as mayor with $4 billion. And he left with about thirty. Yeah, con- billion. wealth is concentrated during this period of time. The problem is that we also learned something you and I have known, and real New Yorkers know. The guy's a terrible businessman. He's not in the. He's not a Bloomberg kind of guy. He's he, this guy is is barely a millionaire. No, I know, but we we look at and we focus on Trump. We never did really with Bloomberg. We well, gave him no, a that's not true. We had all kinds of fights. Remember, he used to have his. His his um, tax returns, he would put them in a room, let reporters go in. Yeah. They couldn't make copies. They can leaf through it if they wanted to, and that was it. He would never – as I, I explained yesterday when I was subbing for, for Bo Snurdly, starting in about 2002, I started releasing my tax returns every year as a f- member of Congress just for that because I knew I might want to run someday, and I want to be able to say I've released my – I had no money. I had, like, whatever. I had loans. Um but it was it was an issue with him not not revealing his tax return. It was now it would be you know we have our financial disclosures in New York, which he did file, are much more substantive than they have in Washington. So we had a lot more information. But basically, you know, he did he did very well from his years as as mayor because the tax code got better and better and better, and, oh, and, and wealth let's got be centralized. Honest, people wanted to do business with the mayor. He acted like he was doing us a favor. He bought the mayor's position. He will never, ever achieve that kind of recognition and attention, no matter how many billions he has. Yeah, I mean, you can put Bloomberg, a Bloomberg terminal on everyone's desk, but you're right. This was a bad. But to his credit, look, I ran against him. You know, I thought he was an overrated. I thought of all the people that could make real co- concrete reforms in this, a guy who's elected as a Republican, as a billionaire, doesn't owe a single labor union anything. He threw away money to, to the labor unions like a drunken soul, uh, um, uh, 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 sailor. He didn't do anything to reform the pension system, nothing to reform the health care system, nothing to really reform the city. Now, look, he got us through some difficult time, but I think Bloomberg was overrated as, as, oh, yeah, he as could a have bribed. He could have bribed them for all that. And then the classic Bloomberg, such a patrician, was at a cocktail party. He looked across the room and said, oh, you're a publisher of magazines. How would you like to be chancellor of the Department of Education? He just whipped it up. It's like this woman never. That was a bad. That was a bad. Thing. But but he did this in other ways. He had the head of NYCHA, a black man. I forget his name, uh, because he was a success on Wall Street. Oh, I want you to run NYCHA. No knowledge. It actually, it kept going down. I know, and but down. there there are a couple of ways to look at this. I think that he did attract a lot of people from the private sector to come into government because they're all playing the long con, thinking I want to be a friend of Bloomberg when this is all over. And I'll come in and do it. As a result, we got people in the administration who probably normally wouldn't think about coming to a $150,000 a year job running a government agency. I thought his commissioners were overall pretty good. Now, they, they, speaking of people coming to work for Bloomberg as mayor, how about all the reporters who went soft on him because they realized it was a shrinking media, people were losing jobs, 
And there was always a nice, cushy job at Bloomberg Media where pay was better, benefits were better. Uh, they have the uh, the five star chef come out for breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner. What was and that? Serve and, you. and what was the most persistent rumor of the Bloomberg years was that he was thinking of buying a newspaper. Yeah, right. So very conveniently, he lets it float out there that someday these reporters might be you know, might be getting a paycheck from this guy. <laughs> but it wasn't. I think the reporters did an okay job. You know, Maggie Haberman was covering for the Post for a while there. I mean. It, I think the reporters were okay, but the real problem was the publishers and editorial pages were all these guys who all went out to lunch with him and played golf with him and everything else. Look, if you're ever offered the option, be a billionaire or be a thousandaire, whatever you are, choose billionaire. It's it's a not it's not a terrible. Well, not life. only that, remember, uh, he's missed the term limits. Oh, term limits oh, to a die. Then he bought himself another four years. And you said this to me. He didn't call reporters. He called the publishers, and he said. You want me to be mayor in another four yeah. years. Look yeah. the other way. Forget about all the things that I have said. Yeah, in the I mean, past. like when, when, when you're a politician and you're upset with a cover with a story about it, you call up the reporter, maybe if you want to really go nuclear, you call the editor of that that reporter. Bloomberg never did that. Bloomberg would call up Rupert Murdoch about yeah. the post. He would call up uh uh started with a Z, uh, Zuckerman about the uh about the the Daily News. Yeah. He would call. He would call up Schulzberger at the Times. Things that that I, who's going to run against them, I don't have the ability to do any of that because all of these guys run in that same billionaire club. Um, he well, had me, a, he had a lot of advantage. But to his credit, look, the guy as a vanity thing he did after his career was well underway. He went into government to serve the people of the city. I don't agree with everything he did, but I, I honor people who do that. And and I, I th- and I think it's perfectly fair to ask these guys, "Where's your money from?" and and where did it go? So uh, a selfless servant. He was serving the people. He's no, serving him and his friends. What are you talking about, Anthony? Being mayor is a hard job. Of course it's a hard job. But not according to Eric Adams. Eric Adams' first year review said, this job ain't that tough. Vanity Faye says, this job ain't that tough. Of course, when you party half the day away, you raise the roof. You're at restaurants. You're not paying uh, for your food and at your club zero bond till the break of dawn. It ain't tough. And by the way... Today, Political, they drop an article on him. Yeah, and nobody's going to read it. Turns out that I was right, that he stays at the Trump Tower across from the United Nations at Petrosian's condo. You know, the guys uh, that he gets free food from at the restaurant who are convicted felons, he stays at that apartment. He doesn't stay at Crazy Mansion. Well, not all the time. Here, do you have it there? We did, yeah, did. yeah. All the, I mean, that's his regular place. These. Well, remember, I was saying that on the airways, and people were saying, you're lying, you're making it up, you're, you're angry. You have, you have been saying that. You have been saying that we don't know where he's sleeping at night. And, and City Hall would tell people, he's a liar. You know him. He's a degenerate. He's a, he's a George Santos. Don't believe him. Well, today, because Politico has done a good job. Remember, they yep. were the first to say... He's living in Fort Lee. He denied it. Then they were the first to say he does not live at the building he owns on Lafayette Avenue in Bed-Stuy. Then remember the next day, all of a sudden he's in the basement, and it's all of his son's stuff around, and they're saying, and, 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 Eric, you're 60, and you're 60. This is like for a 20-year-old kid. And he also had shoes lined up that weren't his size, exactly. stuff like that. Because <laughs> they had to do it together so fast. But in this case, I've been pounding away. What the hell are you going into that apartment mm-hmm. of convicted felon brothers in the Trump town? By the way, it's not in their name. They can't buy the apartment in their name. Same way they can't get a liquor license for their restaurants because they're convicted uh, felons. 
And I said, hey, media, you're finally catching on after a year. You're still going to call me a liar? You're still going to say I'm doing a George Santos on this? Well, Break, breaking news, breaking news. Yeah, here's the headline. Eric Adams fights crime by day, parties at night, and thinks he's the future of the Democratic Party. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to read that. Yeah, I know you have to. Because they bury the few paragraphs that I've just referred right. to towards the end of the story. By the way, there's nothing wrong with having a friend who's a former felon. You have a friend who's a former felon. Me. No, 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 no. You are a colleague. <laughs> I don't have friends. Who do you think is my... Oh, oh by the way, speaking of my Cheech, that's about as close to having a friend as right. I have. Rudy Giuliani the other day showed what he used to do as mayor with newspapers. He was in family court. You know, he's battling his ex. Right. And he didn't like the headline because he, he's right. He says, the headline, people don't read the story. It's Headli- the headline. Headlines and captions. That's right. All you know that. Exactly. I know that. He gets on the phone. And I mean, he's screaming. He's yelling. He's hollering. They changed the headline. And you know where I learned that from? Johnny Legit, the former publisher of The Post, uh, Paul Carlucci, who says... When I was publisher, my phone, landline, would ring because they would always deliver the first copy off the press from Hunts Point, which was the post-printing, to the mayor, whoever the mayor is. He'd be calling me up at 2 in the morning, screaming about stories. I'd have to keep the phone away from my ear till about 20 minutes later. I said, Mr. Mayor, you finished? And he would just beat you down. That Because, remember, they had different issues then. Right, right. You would change the next issue because you were just getting bullied and badgered. It's successful, and I watched it again, and I, he changed yep. that headline. Well, th- th- I, th- this just tells you, sometimes ju- sometimes journalists try to get it right. And bully, 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 bully. Oh, do we know a lot of bullies. Anyway, up next, China is resuming flights as of January 5th. There's a new uh, strain of COVID-19. There are 250 million people in China who have uh, COVID-19. <laughs> It's like, Anthony, what are we doing? And we're going to play the cut of our own John Katzmatidis, who interviewed Fauci right before the lockdown and pandemic in January 2020. Figure it out if we're just going backwards instead of forwards right here on WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Oh, God. Such hokey... You know, like Muzak, Muzak here. So I, like, I can't wait. I can't wait till we welcome. Who was that, Van Halen? Is that who that was? Yeah, but I can't wait till we welcome the uh, ball dropping here. We're doing it live tonight, Nancy and myself. Uh, we'll start five minutes before the end of Tony Orlando. Uh, you can keep the TV on, watch the ball drop. Right. Uh, you don't want to watch the two goofballs getting drunk, smashed, Andy Cohen and uh, Anderson Cooper, because they're goofballs. Uh, you want to listen to me, I'll be sober, I can't drink anymore, and Nancy will get smashed, and uh, it'll be great. Well, welcome in the new year. And here so there's WABC. no version of New Year's Rockin' Eve anymore? That's what I used to do, like yes. Dick Clark. Yeah, uh, Dick Clark. Well, now it's, now it's Ryan sweet. Seacrest, oh, who's God. like milk toast. God. I mean, I mean, come yeah, on. To make your hair hurt, that guy. Exactly, yeah, okay. Ryan Seacrest. He is, he is Mr. Milk Toast. Yeah. None of the uh, cachet of Dick Clark. He is like, yeah. He's but like, now you know. everybody does... Uh, the dropping of the ball, everybody, except notice Fox News Channel realizes 
that the drift of the population is down south. So they normally do it in a big uh, barn-like gin mill dance yeah, hall also, in Tennessee or also, South Carolina. The average Fox listener is 81 years old, so it's going to be like everyone's long asleep by that. <laughs> they, also, they, 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 should, they do well, the ball drop at 4 o'clock for the early bird special. They should uh, resume Guy Lombardo and the Canadian <laughs> Royal Band. But anyway, speaking of what was and now what is, it's almost like we've come full circle. I will never forget, I was getting on the Greyhound bus in Atlantic City in the wee hours of the morning, like uh, 6 in the morning. There's something, if you can avoid taking the Greyhound from Atlantic City, please do, because the, the terminal is just filled with the dregs of society, all, all kinds of troublemakers. And I had to get back because I had to do a program. I was coming from the World Martial Arts Expo that had just finished in the Tropicana on the boardwalk. And I had my, uh, my app in. Listening on my cell phone, it was John Katsimatidis interviewing his guests that always make news. And it was like early January of 2020, and he's interviewing Dr. Fauci. We had had our first reported case on the West Coast outside of Seattle of what they call coronavirus, what we have been watching taking place uh, in mainland China. What can you tell the American people uh, about what's going on? Should they be scared? Uh, I don't think so. The American people should not be worried or frightened by this. It's a very, very low risk to the United States. It isn't something that the American public needs to worry about or be frightened about because we have ways of preparing, of screening, of people coming in, and we have ways of responding like we did with this one case in Seattle, Washington, who had traveled to China and brought back the infection. No, 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 don't worry. Be happy. Within two months, everything locked down, March of 2020. By January 31st, uh, then-President Donald Trump Trump signs the order, no more flights uh, to uh, mainland China. And I mean, he was so far behind the curve, uh, Dr. Fauci. And now it well, appears— well, And well, it wasn't everyone? Yeah, but remember, he's supposed to be the expert. Right? No, I, I, I get it, but there were elements. It's, it's called a novel coronavirus because they hadn't seen it before. I mean, yeah, this was— this was this was at if you go back if you want to say well look what people say in January 2020 we didn't know anything at that point all right but now take it up to where we are now as of January 5th the Biden administration will resume flights to mainland China if you're coming in from mainland China you must have a negative COVID test in advance or you can't board um, they have now 250 million people with COVID and it's growing because they never did. Uh, the vaccines, as we and other countries did, they depended on complete quarantining, lockdown. The immunity is not up. It's spreading all over. Why would we, we be renewing travel to China, which now has the highest rate of COVID in the world? Well, I don't I don't know. But but if they're going to be if they're going to be tested negative, why do I mean, we. Well, because you, you know how many people test negative, and then within hours they're positive. But they'll be coming into the United States. And- I guess so. I mean, the thing is that, look, people want to – the problem with shutting down flights from a particular country, then people come from somewhere else or they come in in a different way. Like, it's very difficult to, to shut. There's a lot of our businesses are here. A lot of – you know, there's a lot of reasons well, people travel. There's a lot of people travel around. But I am trying to figure out – it seems that we keep flipping and flopping where the left and the right believe about COVID. You, of course, believe that COVID is rampant and government should take every step possible to, to, to stop it. That's what was argued in Title 42. 
No, no, no. I don't yeah. say every stop. Okay. Because remember, I'm, I didn't uh, wear a mask. Wait a minute. Wait a hold on a second. Time. Title 42 right. says under that the health Department of Health and Human the Health and Human Services can overrule laws and take rights away from individual well, at citizens. The border, you're damn right. No, no, you can take away anywhere. Title 42 oh, doesn't, isn't but let's just face it, it's applied to people coming across I the border. I understand, but in those arguments, so you had to argue either we have an out-of-control COVID problem or we don't. Which, are you, which camp are you in? Well, if you're coming from a third-world country where you weren't tested to begin with, and you're now at the border and you want to gain entry, you would think the first thing you're going to do is test the people, They're doing right? testing. They can do testing. They don't, but well, they don't. Well, first of all, they do. But second of all, even without Title 42, you can, you can still not have Title 42 and just test them at the border. But they're not testing them. But the point is that 16 states' attorney general from all these red states said we need Title 42 because, in their own words, COVID was running. I was out of control in the United States. It's not. This is all a game now. Now it's just a political game that whatever. No, you have no problem, even though the first two plane loads of Chinese from the mainland landed in Milan, positives. and half of each flight yeah, yeah. was positive. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that doesn't worry you. It's not that it doesn't worry me. I just don't know that the solution. It's like it's like you know squeezing a balloon. If you say that someone's not going to come in somewhere, they're coming out other places. There are ways that people. We we are in an international kind of situation here. People travel and come and go. I mean, what? So someone, we're going to stop flights. We're going to track wherever anyone can. And then our citizens are not going to be allowed to go to China. Maybe they want to go to China. I don't believe that shutting down borders is necessarily the way that you stop this. It hasn't worked. All right. Well, what about masking? We see that the Board of Education in Patterson, New Jersey, is mandating January 3rd. Everyone returning, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a teacher's aide, whether you're a student, Whomever, you got to be masked well, up. According to Title Forty Two ruling, we have a we have a, a COVID crisis that's run amok in this country. What? I think COVID has receded, and we should stop with the emergency procedures. All right, but you, so it. you would suggest that Patterson, which should worry about educating their children, oh, who I can't Pat- read it. Great. I think Patterson Patterson has just as much access to, to to medical advice and doctors' advice as I do. They they don't take it from a from someone sitting behind a microphone. I don't need to tell so, Patterson now, what they should do. Let me ask you a question. Your son is involved. My three sons are involved because they go to public schools, and your son goes to school. Does this mean we're going to uh, get back to the point where they got to mask up? People smarter than you and smarter than me are trying to make these decisions for the common good. I trust them. You want your kid masked up again? I don't. I want me masked up. I don't want my kid masked up. I don't want you masked up. I don't want but if, if they tell you, you got to. If you... people whose job it is to, to deal with infections, who deal with the trends, who look at this stuff closer than I, whose job it is to, cut, to figure out ways we can limit the spread, if they say that's the best policy, I'm going to try to do what they say. You do realize that's going to cripple the country in terms of coming back. I, do, I don't want anyone to wear a mask. I don't want anyone to wear a mask. I, but, want, you but to I, set the, not... I want you and Sid Rosenberg to set the example because Sid, to his credit, Almost never wore a mask since the lockdown and pandemic of uh, March of 2020. I don't like it, but it's not up to me what I like. It is up to what the common good is. Well, we are a community. We you, are a community. You, you may have to wear a respirator, a hazmat suit, <laughs> not for COVID-19 or any of its variants, but for the contact high in your neighborhood per capita, per square inch now in your neighborhood, there are more illegal and legal pot uh, weed shops are opened up than anywhere in New York State. And I mean, it's a purple haze that hangs over your neighborhood. Your son just walking around is going to get a contact eye. You're going to get a contact eye. I suggest hazmat suits and respirators. It's the only way to prevent getting a secondary high. Yeah, there's there's a lot. And it's, you know, the, the one the, they started out in our neighborhood. You were there at yeah. 420 because they're being so cute. You were there to do it. And, you know, I just heard some statistics. They had like 26 inspections of illegal places. 
You could have 26 in a three-block radius in the East Village. That's not going to get you anywhere. You can't shake a dead Oh, but you notice how because now they're in competition business-wise, they want you to come to the legal weed shop. I get it because there you pay taxes. There, obviously, they inspect the product. They don't, you know, in the black market. But now they're saying, and we walked into these pop-up weed shops, and we got the California product that they uh, bring in, which is preferred. Because in a state that legalizes weed, they have to use weed that's grown in the state. All you got to do is say to somebody, Humboldt County, Northern California weed, I want that. I don't want New York weed. And they're saying, you can get E. coli. You can get salmonella. Well, let me, can I ask you a, can I ask That's a like Sergeant Joe Yeah, Friday. but let me ask you a question. How do you know where the weed is from? Well, you really don't. Right? Unless, I mean, unless you know, like a connoisseur of wine, you stick it, <laughs> you sample. No, no, seriously, you see them in Washington Square Park. That's the difference is they say, hey, we got a new bud. We got a new it? strength. They let you try They'll it? They'll say, yeah. You get to try it. Now, you can't. In the state uh, weed store, they don't let you try the product. You buy it. You try it. You may never come yeah. back. And the other thing I got to tell you from a retail perspective, they had a great grand opening. The line went around the block 420 in the afternoon, and then it closed at 7 with 1,000 people waiting. And they told them, come back tomorrow. Now, you keep saying that to people, and guess what? Eventually, on their way home... The, the guy in Washington Square Park, the guy in Thompson Square Park, they buy it from him. Well, that's the question. The question is how much are you filling a need and how much are you creating more uh, of a demand? That's, that's a good question. I don't really know. But the, the, the thing that's not is, is that there is not a beat cop in the city that can't, without looking at a map, just write a list of where all of the pot shops are oh, in, yeah. on his beat. Yeah. It's not that hard. And they're making it like we're going to do these sweeps. No, just no. go in there and just arrest them You know, because they're, they're – I, I've told you this story before. Three, uh, three stores down, former barbershop from my house, my apartment, is they have on a chalkboard in front, name of the weed and the price. Yep. It's like they're making no effort to conceal it. There's no cutesy anything about it. Well, remember, Eric Adams has said, we are not going to incarcerate. We are going to educate. And quite frankly, Anthony, uh, we are so pretentious. We are so obstinate. Jersey did no cash bail better before we did. They've had some kinks, but nowhere near the problems we've had. We could have copied them or at least— Well, let's see, though. We don't know how bad it's going to be. And they've done legal uh, sale of marijuana before us. They're like 32 storefronts. They've had some problems, but they brought in people with retail experience to work through the kinks so that the state can get the tax dollars. The way New York City is doing it, it's ass-backwards. It's it's not as it's it's very similar. I mean, Housing Works has retail experience. And by the way, how are they going to transport the cash? Because they can't take debit cards or credit oh, yeah. cards because the federal government has it as a level one drug. Imagine. Let's see, heroin, marijuana, level one drugs. Really? You think the federal government should like get rid of that so they can open up a bank yeah. account and be safe? Because you know who's going to be waiting outside? The stick up kids, clocking customers, knowing they're paying in cash. And at the end of the day, you worked hard, right? They're going to say, your money or your life. Yep, NYPD is going to be stationed outside Dwayne Reed to stop people stealing deodorant outside of pot shops to escort <laughs> the guy on the money run. <laughs> and all in your hood. Anyway, up next, it was like days of when you, Anthony Weiner, and Congressman Peter King were in the well of the house yelling at one another, fighting over a principled issue, except it happened on the roundtable discussion with John Katsimatidis. The most unlikely battle in one corner, it was Alexander the Great, known as Dr. Peter Mikolos. And in the other corner, it was Congressman Peter King. And I mean, it was a classic heavyweight fight over what? The Ukraine and Russia. Keep it right here at WABC. 
the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. It like makes me nauseous. This music, really. And I know one of people. Go, oh. By the way, we did some analysis. We looked at the deep dive into the stats. You've complained about the music ninety-one percent of the time yeah. on our shows together. Yeah, because we delegated it to the board ops, who know nothing about nothing when it comes to music. They they weren't even birthed when these songs came out, so they they figure they're they're being helpful. It's like. Uh, Diego in the morning was on the board and not realizing that John Katsimatidis uh, was working two shifts and he was replacing Sid Rosenberg. He did a great job with me. I heard it. And they're playing songs. So you could see John was jaundiced about it. And I kept telling him, 60, 70, 60, well, that's 70. what, But that's what Christian and Dave are doing right now. They're like, whenever they play these songs, the old people always get up at weddings and dance. So, like, that's what they think we want. That's true. Uh, breaking news here. Breaking news. I just shared it with Anthony. Uh, uh, the most uh, secure, safest district in the world is Times Square. We've seen the press conferences. We've seen the cops out there. Well, apparently uh, somebody just got stabbed in Times Square. The suspect is on the run. You see, the suspect did read all the signs that they have on no guns. This is a no-gun zone. (laughs) And he brought a knife, right? He didn't. As Barack Obama said, we bring a gun to a knife fight. No, he understands. It says no guns on all the signs. So he brought a knife. Yeah, but he's on the run. I think they're going to catch him, though, because he's in one of those pens between those bicycle racks. (laughs) How far can he get? (laughs) You can't write anything like this, but. Let's get on track. First of all, I definitely want to give out commendations to all of you, like yourself, Anthony, to Lydia Serrani, to Dominic Carter, of course, to our owner, our operator, great talk show host. He was the producer, the booker, everything in the morning show. John Katsimatidis for doing double, triple duty. Uh, we have Rob Astorino in the bullpen warming up. He's coming in four to five, and then Vinny Madunia. And John, John, when he wasn't doing nine shows and running the the board and everything else, he broke the Santos. He was the first person yep. to get the Santos. Story. Monday night, Monday yep. night, this guy was like uh, he was like uh, a hermit. You couldn't find the guy, yep. and he was like, "Talk to John and the roundtable uh, folks yourself." You were in the room. And then he was in Yenta every day thereafter. He can't shut this guy up. Uh, you see? You see what you created? A total monster. Everything this guy says is proven to be a lie. The most recent one, uh, I had a, a tumor in my, my head and bronchial asthma. And- him or his mom? He said his mom did. He no, did? he did. Yeah, I can top that. You hear him say that he's biracial? No. He said he's biracial. No. Yeah, they found it. They found a place where he said he was biracial. <laughs> that his mom was. It's just. It's just. It's almost. Uh, now it's a Saturday Night Live skit. I mean, yeah. that's really what. But this nonstop, is. nonstop. But let's focus on me giving out praise. I oftentimes don't do this. I'm normally beating up our colleagues Correct. here, and I feel I have the right to do it, having made my bones in talk radio for 35 years. Uh, people say, "Why don't you take vacations?" Hey, there'll be plenty of time to rest when I'm dead, because that's all you get to do. I, I can sit. This is not work. Right. This is like they pay you to be able to talk to people, and sometimes yes. you're talking nonsense. And, and they call, and our colleagues, oh, uh, mental health, I got to get away. Oh, so, so much. Really? 
Well, look at all the substitutes. I mean, on, on, when you're not in here on this microphone, you're wandering the streets talking at, at this same yeah. volume to yourself. I so used to a, be in the park. Yeah, you know yeah. I feed the pigeons. I talk to the pigeons. And they wouldn't talk back to me. Uh, I would have talked in two Dixie cups that were connected <laughs> together with string on the number one news talk station in the nation. Yep, yep. And John is looking at me in the morning. He goes, and when is everybody coming back? I said, John, <laughs> I have no idea. So we got, let, let, let's run it out. You got Sid Rosenberg, right? His pipes burst out in the Rockaways because yeah. the typical Jewish guy who thinks he knows better buys a house in the Rockaways. And all the Irish guys and gals around there, they know you. Weatherize, you know, you got to deal with the pipes, run the water when it's uh, below. Yeah, yeah. He didn't. And now he's got Michigan all in his house because he wouldn't listen to the Irish, you know, let's face it. But I will say this. You can't shake a dead cat out there without finding a really resourceful Italian guy or an Irish guy like exactly. that. Exactly. That, that's, that's what goes that's on That's what Goyam do, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> then all of a sudden, yeah, Brian Kilmeade, hardworking guy, but when he's off, he finds somebody in junior high school a substitute. John, listen, it's a get him out of here. You know, I don't know. Liddy, you substitute for him until he comes back. And Liddy did a great job. And then, uh, naturally, there's Bill O'Reilly, Mr., uh, you know, I'm I'm better than anybody. He right. finds this podcaster in San Diego to do, like, the 15 minutes before me in the afternoon, 12, 15, and 1. It's like, this is the number one news talk station in the nation. Uh, Kelly's gone. Dominic uh, substituted. Uh, to his credit, Rudy, no matter where he was, he did his yep, hour yep, show. Even from Florida. Uh, Bo Snardley was gone, and you substituted Anthony Weiner. I'm going to tell you, colleagues, you better get your ass back in the studio and do your show because uh, our bench is good. I was listening to damn good. You know me. I know good talk radio. Plus, I can do all Bo's appearances since we look so much alike. <laughs> Yeah, wait, wait. He's uh, from Samaria, and you're from Judea, right? <laughs> That's right. We're, we're both members but of the anyway, Lost Tribe. You know, and I've said over and over for our listeners, it is hard to get to be number one, especially when we were like Lazarus, uh, dead, and John and Margot revived us. And everyone worked hard to get to number one. But you know what it is? You get to be number one. You're slacking. You're dead beating. That's why, like with Frank Morano, you know, he's, he's on a national syndicated show at night. The guy's doing a wine and cheese testing event in Atlantic City that he's done for years. Hey, this is WABC, the number one news start station in the nation. It's global at night. Get your ass back in the studio because you may not have a studio to come back to. They don't understand. But we're going to keep pressing forward. The bench is going to grow. There's going to be more talk radio, more entertainment on the weekends. That's the vow of John Katzmatidis. And look at this guy. Look at all this week, the billionaires other than Elon Musk. You yeah. know, he's, he's hitting the, the cots uh, there yeah. at uh, Twitter. They're all in uh, Barbados, Trinidad, the West Indies, you know, St. Bart's. John was on twice yeah. every day. He set the example. Not only that, he's up in his office doing more, making more moves in Allied van lines on, uh, on yeah, December 30th. Day, yeah, doing business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the morning, he was substituting for Sid with me. Right. And then at night, the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion. And it's like, they don't get it. I don't know. Maybe it's an old school value system. But the New Jacks, hey, let me tell you something. Don't take this for granted. Because I remember, Anthony, when this was gone. Uh, you know, you always reminisce the beginning of the year. I remember the suits at Cumulus. And they were actually in our studios, their offices. The CEO, yeah. the COO, the CFO. We were on the chopping block. They wouldn't look at me in the eye. That's when you know. When they can't even have a conversation, you're looking at you. Yeah. know you're de- a dead man, dead woman walking. They eliminated WPLJ. 
eliminated WPLJ, and they were coming for us. John and Margot rescued us right before the lockdown and pandemic. Uh, they made it official, and then the COVID just spread everywhere. And still, we kept it alive, became number one, and now the toughest job is staying number one. Well, guess what? Now we know why the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion is number one in its time period, even beating Sean Hannity yep. over at Women's Only Radio. It's because there is an eclectic group of co-hosts with John and guests who weigh in on everything under the sun. It's like a potpourri. It's like a buffet. And out of nowhere, Dr. Mikolos, right, who normally contest, you know. Right. He, he, he is the last guy you would think would be in a dust-up with anybody. So he gets in, and he's talking about this continuing Russian-Ukrainian war that seems like it's going to go on, a war of attrition. He gives his historical overview. And then the guy that you used to battle with on the floor of Congress. I mean, they're classic. You go to YouTube, you watch them over and over. They're saying, my God, Anthony and Peter King are going to be popping blood, uh, you know, blood cells, <laughs> and they're going to be stroking out. And listen to how it started up, because you know how Dr. Mikolos is so meek right. and mild. They're talking Russia and the Ukraine. The Russians tend to invade, and they learn this technique from the Mongols. They don't attack until the ice and the rivers freeze. And uh, what happens is that's how Napoleon uh, took a big hit and Hitler took a big hit. And they usually wait to attack and fight in the winter. And the Mongols used to fight in the winter because they wanted the snow because they used to have to feed all these horses and they had plenty of fresh water from the snow. Doc, uh, doctor, it seems like you're rooting for the Russians here. The fact is that they're not going to be invading. No, they, I'm not rooting for the Russians. I'm just telling you historically. The rally is they've lost every battle this year. They've been demolished on the, on the field by Ukraine. And what you're talking about with Napoleon and others, Hitler and Napoleon are invading Russia. Russia is invading Ukraine. So we have okay. a different story. Well, no, I'm, I'm just talking about history, Congressman. If you, we'll, we'll, we'll play this radio show. He's our in-house historian, too, uh, Dr. Mihalos. In about four weeks, I think that if Congress had historians, they would know that. Yeah, but your history is wrong. You're, you're talking about invading Russia. No one's invading Russia. Russia's invading Ukraine. It's a totally different Russia war. In 1918, in 1918, we actually did invade Russia. No, first of all, no, that was that was that was over 20,000 troops. Only 5,000 were uh, American, and they were under British control. And the U.S. also sent troops to, to protect the Russians from Japan up in Siberia at the same time. Right. And the Ukrainians and Russians kicked us out. They didn't even want us there in the end. Well, again, it was okay, the U.S. Well, that, that protected Russia from uh, from Japan's invasion up in Manchuria. And the fact is, also, well, it's Siberia. It's the end of the show. Now, you Whoa. you had your bouts with uh, Congressman Peter King on the floor of the House. Explain to me what it was like when the sergeant in arms had to basically <laughs> drag the both of you out of there. Well, I got to say that, you know, I don't th- I've not heard a, an argument get played out, you know, with the music at the end, like the Academy Awards, like they, they just did there. I mean, we can put aside, let's put aside the facts. These are two smart guys, two good, interesting guys. But it did remind me like the days in Congress. But more importantly, it wasn't so much on the floor because only one person talked at a time. It's like all these shows with us in a split screen standing next to each other. Like when Peter and I did our split screen, we wouldn't go to two different studios. we just stand next to each other right off the House of Representatives. And it's all up on YouTube now. You can watch these classic bands now. To the point, Dr. Peter Mikolos needed a little more time to uh, talk about what he meant. He meant the Spanish flu of 1918. So you had the Americans in mass. They were going to try to stop the Bolshevik wave. And then all of a sudden, they all got Spanish flu, which killed more people 
than World War One. Right. No, he, he there is this old slightly funny adage, you know, you should know better than to start a land war with the Russians in winter. And and I think the point that Peter King was making is that, hey, the the Ukrainians know they, they know a good deal about this subject as well. They also were a part of the Soviet Union and also this is the, the Ukrainians know their own land way better than the Russians do. So the river in whatever example Dr. Miklos is in. I mean, Peter was actually right. Well, now, is that, is four, that, four weeks from now, they're going to continue on this. <laughs> exactly. I, I back Dr. Miklos. So you're backing uh, oh, yeah. Peter King, your former adversary. I, 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 yeah, I have, I, I, have, I, have Peter, I have Peter all the way. I mean, by the way, you know, when, in, with all of the, the glibness about this subject, you know, we've been on since like February. So, you know, this is now... We're going to go into another year of this war. When we first started talking about this, we thought that this was going to be over in a hurry and it was going to be a matter of like how does the United States respond when the Russians roll in and roll over Ukraine. That hasn't happened. I mean it's going to be a long call. And now it seems increasingly like the Russians are attacking sources of electricity and which therefore means heat. Uh, it's going to be a really difficult time. It's a war of attrition. Yeah, There's no sure doubt is. about it. But I, uh, you're backing I have Congressman Peter. Peter. Yes. In four weeks, they're going to resume this yes. argument. I'm backing Dr. Peter Mikolos because I've heard him as a historian before, and he's been spot on. You go with the Irishman? I, I'll go with the Greek. I go with the former Who chair. started civilization as we know, <laughs> Western civilization? What were the Irish doing at that time? Uh, Chasing snakes out of era, era, right, St. Patrick's? You no, believe but, that story? No, but, 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 but Peter King, former chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, he probably got all those briefings about like where you know who really killed JFK, where the UFOs That's are. He probably right. knows all that stuff. So, hey, Frank Morano, if you continue <laughs> to hang out in Atlantic City, Peter King, he knows everything that is discussed tonight about UFOs, extraterrestrials, uh, little gray alien people walking around right here on your place to be when the uh, primary lineup isn't in the secondary lineup is just as good you get live and local uh, talk radio 24 7 365 rob astorino warming up in the bullpen and then it's vinnie madunio and by the way i muscled in on vinnie madunio you know i want to talk to him I was a DJ on one of his weekend programs. I saw you. I saw you in in, in the studio with him. I was wondering what was going on. Spinning in there. stacks of wax <laughs> on the wheels of steel. Yeah. Oh man, no! You give me any talk time, and I'm taking it. <laughs> WABC always broadcasting. Catch Matitas and Curtis. It's like CNC Cola. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Now you got it right, Huckleberries. Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadian Band welcomed in the new year. 27 years on radio. It was must listening. And then he started in 56 on TV. And then Dick Clark and you know the rest. But tonight, I'll have the pleasure of welcoming in our audience. When the ball drops, I'll have come back from Times Square. Even in the rain. Boy, it doesn't look... uh, What a mishigash. Nancy will join me. She can drink. I can't drink. I have chronic Crohn's disease, so she'll get smashed for the both of us. She'll bring one of our kitties that she's nursing right now, low-key. And we'll be joined by, yep, he's doing the trifecta, the troika, the trinity, John and Marco Katsimatidis, owners and operators of WABC, our parent company, Red Apple Media. Boy, not only did they did they buy the radio station and save us, 
So we wouldn't have to learn how to talk in Cantonese, Mandarin, Yiddish, <laughs> Spanish, and God only knows what. But they, they, they listen, they, they broadcast, and they're going to welcome in the new year with all our listeners, many of whom, as you know, are shut-ins. Uh, they, they have handicaps, physical. A lot of blind people were calling in right, last you, night. You had two in a row that were blind, I think. All yeah. over. Yeah. We, we failed to realize. David Patterson has told that story because right, right. he's sight-challenged that he would listen to radio all the time. That's why he's so good on the radio, because it's yep. how he was weaned. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a great New Year. So keep the f- TV on. It's like a simulcast. You watch the ball drop, turn right. the noise down, because it is noise. And then listen to us as we do the countdown. It's a plan. And we raise the roof. And what great entertainment before. Vinny Madugno, 5 to 6. Cousin Brucey, 6 to 10. Tony Orlando, his brother, with a magnificent playlist. Five minutes before we hit 12... We'll resume the discussion, the start of the count, and we'll do it better than any of the networks or the cable outlets. And and the the cable and you everyone knows what to expect from those cable shows. They're just dreadful. They're just dreadful. Yeah, so. and then thank John is back six to eight in the morning with all of his newsmakers. Then I'm back three to five. I'll have Nancy because I'll, again I'll, we do this every year for all the shut-ins, those who can't be with family or friends. We do it uh, Christmas, New Year's, Easter, Thanksgiving. And we never did that before. And I'll and and I'll I'll be in in the afternoon for uh, for Bo for a couple more days. I'm called up from the minor leagues to 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 play in the doing regular a great lineup. job. Look, you know it. me. I got a good ear for talk radio. You're doing a great job, Dominic Carter. Great job, Lydia Serrano. Great job. And that's why we're twenty four seven three six five. What's your resolution though for the new year? Listen, I'm trying to do this one day at a time. Just want to get through one day one day at a time. But I'm I'm gonna gonna try to keep getting better. I'm gonna studying those old. 1994 tapes of, of you on the radio trying to get whatever tips I can. Yeah, theater of the mind. You know, yep. you, you don't hit people over the head with your politics because I got to tell you, most people who listen and talk radio, they pretty they have a pretty strong attitude <laughs> about true. their politics. They need to be entertained. They love to be informed. That's one thing right. you could tell them, things that they don't know because of your experiences. And I made a uh, New Year's resolution. They published it in the Post with a bunch of other trendoids, freakazoids, jet setters. <laughs> And that is, I am now going to become a vegetarian as we enter the new year. I can give some of it uh, the inspiration for this by Eric Adams himself, because he said if not for becoming a vegetarian, he might have uh, suffered from the diabetes, the other problems he was having. And I realized, look, I've got chronic Crohn's disease. Anytime they're scheduled to do a new operation, you never know, because people who've had Crohn's disease know it's a horror I got to avoid that. There's there's nothing bad that can come from only putting in your body what God created. I think that's uh, that's not a bad way to go. I have to tell you though, it gets hard. It gets hard every once in a while. You're peckish for a cheeseburger. Well, you know me. I'm Mr. Golden Arches, Mr. Mickey D's. Yep. February 13th will be our 44th anniversary of the Guardian Angels. We're now all over the world, global. But it started with the Golden yep. Arches yep. up in the Bronx, and now I have to say, basically. Bye-bye, Quarter Pounder. Bye-bye, Big Mac. Bye-bye, French uh, French uh, fries. Goodbye, fish filet. Oh, God. <laughs> but, but you've got kale. This may be my <laughs> toughest struggle ever. Although, I will not become a vegan. I will not make the mistake that Eric Adams did when all of a sudden he was at, uh, I believe it was Rayo's, and they said, are you eating fish there in that salad? And Cold busted. I will continue. Happy New Year, Chris. Happy New Year.
Great to have you on board, Anthony, um, to give us that other point of view. You've been great to, for talk radio, great at WABC. Keep perfecting your skills. And you know you got a friend of your own right here at WABC, 24-7-365. Be listening tonight when the ball drops with John, Margot Kansmatidis in studio, Nancy Loki, our latest kitten, and yours truly, Curtis Lewa. Thank you.